0: Hey everyone, this is Laz Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys, and on this week's podcast, we have the Atlanta Hawks team preview up next in our series. I talked to Jamila Johnson of ATLHawksFans.com about Trey Young's popularity, if Atlantans will show up for a rebuilding squad, and how competitive a tanking team can be on a night-to-night basis. As always, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. The best way to do that is to share, like, and leave comments. Uh, Please leave comments on the post on Detroit Bad Boys. It's the best way for us to build the podcast according to what the fans want. In order to do that, though, you have to follow DetroitBadBoys.com, which you should be doing, because it's the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis this season. With all that said, it's time to go to work. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. I'm pleased today to be joined by uh, Jamila Johnson, writer and photographer at atlhawksfans.com to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Jamila, how are you doing?
1: I'm great, Lazarus. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I am not... I am you know, safe after the hurricane and everything. They kind of delayed the podcast plans for a while. Um, but it's uh it's good to yeah, it's good to be uh safe and secure and everything. But uh the reason we wanted to bring you on was to talk about Atlanta. Um Atlanta had a had an interesting offseason. Uh they <laughs> used their first three first round picks on Kevin Herter, Amari Spellman, and Trey Young. They traded uh Dennis Schrader and they stuck basically like a for-sale sign on Kent Bazemore. They traded for Jeremy Lin. They signed Alex Lynn. Yeah. They signed Vince Carter. Yeah. They signed Thomas Robinson. They let Mike Budenholzer go, and they hired yeah. Lloyd Pierce like Just a whole a whole bunch of stuff just, like, happened. Yeah. So after all of that, what's what's the one word that sums up in, in your mind how Atlanta fans are feeling after this offseason? Um, oh,
1: that's a good question. One word.
0: Uh, hopeful. Ooh, that's a good one. Why hopeful?
1: Um, just because, uh, it's, it's rebuilding and we haven't gone through, well, not, I mean, I don't know why I said we, because I'm not a part of the team, but the fans haven't gone through something like this. It's been however many years since they've had to go through a complete rebuild. So fans are, it's, it's pretty new for a lot of people and people, are still trying to grasp the idea of it. I mean, I, I still see people that are upset that, you know, the Hawks got rid of so many veterans and, you know, they're they're wondering based off of, you know, one summer league game, how a certain player can do. And so I can, I can tell it's a lot, you know, and then there are other fans who are excited about the future, but they kind of want to get there. Like they, they want to see progress. They want to see something happen. So I, that's why I would say hopeful just because it's a, a, a kind of mixture between the fans
0: okay no that that that's a good we're gonna get to a lot of fan thoughts around rebuilding because Atlanta is a curious <laughs> uh, case in that in that way but the first thing I want to start with is the coach uh, obviously um, Lloyd Pierce is from Philadelphia he's in the uh, the process mold he is a I think a good candidate to lead kind of a, t- a tank a tank job uh what was what was your opinion of the lloyd pierce hiring and and how do you think he has embedded himself within this team and within like atlanta
1: um i like i like the pierce hiring i i do think it's a lot um and i am i i really don't want it to feel like you know there's a lot of pressure but i do feel like to, to be a part of a rebuild is a lot for a coach, especially that's, you know, being your first year. But I like him as a coach. You know, I like, I like that he's sort of a, a player's coach. You know, he uh, he has a good repertoire with a lot of the NBA players, uh, you know, around the league. And they just give a good, you know, they give a lot of praise to him. So I like that. And I think with a team that you're rebuilding, with a team that's so young, it's a positive thing to, to have a coach that can kind of, relate to them on a kind of younger scale and kind of, you know, he's, he looks like he can still play, you know, to have a coach that's going to be that kind of hands-on, I feel like is a good thing for this type of team.
0: So they, he's from Philly. He's got experience with, with the tank, but the Atlanta <laughs> didn't go like full tank. They, they still have like Jeremy Lynn. They still have like Alex Lynn. They still have like vets, like Vince Carter, like when they, when you went like full on Sixers, <laughs> Um, like you, you don't have yeah. any, any vets. It's like all second round picks and, and, uh, and like guys trying to, you know, <laughs> dig for gold and everything. Why did, why do you think Atlanta like chose to go the route where like they still had vets and they still have kind of like uh, an experienced or a, a coach who's on the younger side, but like has experience with the, with the tank? I
1: think just because of that leadership, that's why they, they chose to have, you know, all these vets on the team. Cause if you have, you know, a team, it can work. Don't get me wrong, of course, but if you have a team full of, you know, young players who haven't really been around a lot in the league and they're just new to kind of everything, it can they can easily become distracted by all types of situations. So to have those type of veteran players on the team is a way to kind of ground them and allow them to have somebody to sort of go to, because if they don't want to go to the coach, they'll at least have. You know, a Jeremy Lynn or a Vince Carter, somebody who's older, who's been through it, that they can go to and that they can relate to. So I think, in that aspect, that's what um, the Hawks were kind of thinking to kind of bring these guys in is not necessarily uh, additional assistant coaches, but kind of like those type of leadership roles where they can, you know, give that kind of experience and advice to the younger guys.
0: No, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Vince is basically like half uh, assistant coach, half like NBA <laughs> yeah. TV crew yeah. member.
1: And his, his mind is just amazing when he talks about everything. I mean, not even just what happens on the court, but just to hear him talking. I don't even play. So to hear him talk is just you listen. So to have a player like that on the team, guys are going to listen to him like they're not going to be like oh you're just the coach. Like it's like oh he's a player and he's telling me this. It's it's just it's different when it comes from somebody who's like
0: that. No, yeah, Vince of course has like been everyone in the league. He's been a role player, he's been a superstar, yeah. <laughs> he's been like a transient. Yeah. Right. So, he's got a lot of different perspectives to offer to uh, guys up and down the roster. So, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. But one of the guys that is up and down the roster and played up and down in summer league is trey young uh, obviously atlantis you know they invested a lot in this guy they believe in him but uh after the summer league performance a lot of people were, uh, were questioning <laughs> i think is the nicest way i can put that they were questioning uh the, the confidence that the front office showed in trey young so what what's the what's the general like consensus around trey young right now is there one do do our fans just like wait and see, or is it half of it like?
1: Yeah, that that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's it's a lot of wait and see. Um, before he played in summer league, it was a lot more upside. But then it was, you know, it was also people upset that the Hawks didn't draft Luca, and you know, it was it was like a combination of things. So there were some people that were doubtful on how he would perform at all. And so when he you know had that kind of roller coaster summer league. People were like, oh, well, you know, we should have gone with Luca." Like, you know, it was that kind of that mindset. So a lot around the league is wait and see. A lot of it is a lot. A lot of people think he can he can come through. And of course, you don't know. I mean, he's young. So, of course, he has a lot of upside. So it's really difficult to say. But I it is that was like the consensus was like, we'll wait and see. You know, once the season starts, see how he plays and it's you know he's going to have a lot to do and a lot of work to do because it's a totally new team everything about it is new they're young it's 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 going to be a, it's going to be a challenge for him it will be but i think it'll be good for him in terms of growth
0: so would would you have done uh what the hawks did would you have drafted luka or would you have uh selected Trae Young? <laughs>
1: um i was actually i was a little leaning towards luka i'm not going to lie i was Um, I, I heard all the Trey hype and I thought that was it. I thought it was a lot of hype, but after looking at him and studying him and studying how, you know, he plays, I like, I'm of course, like I said before, hopeful. So it is, it is a kind of wait and see game and kind of see how he, he accepts things and how he takes, I guess, um, advice and, you know, that type of leadership from those other players and from the coach I just want to see how he reacts to having that type of pressure on him to you know lead a team because that is going to be a lot especially in your first year but yeah I I, I see it now in hindsight and I, it makes a lot of sense and as ter- in terms of how the team is going it's great for the Hawks because people are talking about them like Trey is everywhere, and he's already come with that kind of fan base. I mean, I talk to people from all over, and they're like, oh yeah, I love Trey Young's game. I'm gonna be watching just so I can see him, and they're not even Hawks fans. So it's a good, from that kind of aspect, it's also good. You know, not just from the player aspect, as him on the court.
0: Okay. Is is he expected to lead this team right away? I mean, I know, I don't know, is he gonna start over Jeremy Lin? Like, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy. I know they use the number three pick on him and everything, but
1: yeah, it is, and I don't know. I mean, I know they want him out there. I know that, and I was wondering, too, if he would start, but it's
0: – The coaching staff hasn't, like, given any indication that –
1: No, and I missed – they did have um, – they had a, a, a press a media availability with the coach today that I actually missed, so I'm not sure if he said it in there. I didn't see anything about him saying it in there, but I know even the GM was talking about um, – Trey working with Dennis, which of course didn't pan through, but I know he was talking about that. So I know he sees him, maybe not at the start of the season, but he sees him kind of, you know, eventually leading the team, even maybe during the middle of the season.
0: Okay. I can see that.
1: Yeah, but I don't So No, go ahead. Oh, no. Um, I was just saying, I don't, maybe not to start, no, but who knows? I mean, who knows? <laughs> first game that opener i mean it's going to be it's going to be different it's going to be interesting
0: so another guy i wanted to bring up was uh john collins who had a much better summer league than Trey young um very exciting athletic skilled um what are the what are the expectations for him in year 2 like i assume he will start yeah. definitely yeah
1: i see him i see him starting um i'm still wondering cuz i've seen mixed things about it i'm still wondering if he'll be uh, if they'll play him at the four or the five, but I, you know, it'd be because you know a lot of times last year they played him as a center. So I'm just I'm still kind of wondering that. But as far as how he played in summer league, he just that first year was just great for him. Like it, he was matched up against like the best of the best and the strongest of the strongest. So it was really good as far as making him see what he had to work on. So um, this being his second year, like I expect. I mean, I have really high expectations for him. Like, I really do. And I can see him pushing through. I mean, he's worked on his perimeter shooting. Like, he already had it kind of in his bag, and he was able to pull it out just a little bit last season. So I'm expecting to see more of that this season. You know, I'm expecting to see him, you know, going harder in the paint as far as defense goes, you know, like – He's supposed to be bulk up, not too much, but he's supposed to, you know, get his muscle up a little bit so he can go against those bigger guys in the paint. So I'm just like, I'm really excited to see what kind of growth he has when the season starts and see just like what he does out there. I really am excited about that.
0: So long term, do you think he's a four or a five? <laughs> like, that's the question, right?
1: Oh, it is. And it's like, people look at Hawk's history and they're like, look at Al Horford and how they played him. Oh,
0: and, I didn't even think of that. Yeah,
1: uh, Yeah, and it's like, ooh, like, he, I'm sure he'd be great at the four, but, like, the five, as challenging as it may be, might be a better strength. Like, it might be, uh, you know, it might be kind of like a hidden gem just to have him out there as a five. So, um... Let me see if I can even answer that. I don't know. I kind of like him at the five. I don't know.
0: Oh. Like the the fives are getting smaller, like around the league. Yeah. Like Al is 100% of five now. Yeah,
1: right? which is crazy because like three years ago, it was not even, it was like, what is he doing out there?
0: <laughs> right. And so like, it's probably, you. I think you can get away with it uh on a like on a night-to-night basis but if you run into uh like way down the line if you're in like a playoff series or something yeah. where you're running into like a Joel Embiid or somebody right. like that is right. then, yeah. then it becomes a problem right but that's like that's a couple years and like some some development down the road right. so at, th- at this point it's better to just see what he can do at the five holding up right. against guys and and switching on d and you know
1: I think it'll definitely help him especially in the in as far as being versatile definitely.
0: Yeah. So the next another guy I wanted to bring up was Torian Prince. Um <laughs> he, I think he's he's underrated. Um he <laughs> shot really well from 3 last year. Yeah. Uh he's a, he's a very good like he's a prototypical like 3 and D wing. Um but he's already 24. Is like do you think he's part of like the Hawks' plans long term?
1: see it I do see it Torian that second half of last season he finished so strong I just see him being that I see him being in that leadership role later down like I know the team is getting younger and he's at that age where it's kind of kind of middle of the pack kind of thing but I definitely see him being in the Hawks future just because They, It's like him and even DeAndre, I know you didn't bring him up, but like those guys, I I see the Hawks wanting to stick with them. So I see them, depending on, of course, how they play. I see the Hawks kind of going behind them as far as keeping them and kind of grooming them into like that captain kind of position.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is with uh, Torian, like it's tough. Because like he's gonna his contract's gonna know. end sooner than the other uh, guys. Like you're if if you view him as that kind of leader, you're gonna have to pay him like that right. kind of leader in advance to everybody else. And then like that's when you start running into stuff. But so you mentioned you mentioned DeAndre in the same breath though. DeAndre did not have that great a year last year. He only played twenty six games between injuries and yeah. everything. <laughs> so like is is he still so he's still in there? Like he's still a part of the plan?
1: It's it's weird because he didn't really play that much. But I see – I I just want, like, one healthy, good season out of him, you know, because I just feel like he's that, that type of player that's just so – he's just so different. Like, he's so hard-nosed about everything. Like, he'll – he's the kind that'll get, you know, he'll go in there and he'll get hit and he'll go – every time he'll go hard. You know, like, I just feel like he's that different kind of player – that you want to have on your team. So I feel like that's why the Hawks are really, really trying to work with him, but it's like, he just has to stay healthy. I mean, that's, I mean, it's easy to say, but I, I just want, that's why I just want to see, I just want to see one, you know, one season out of him where he's, he's healthy. And I feel like that'll be the telling season where the Hawks can really decide on what they want to do with him.
0: Okay. I can, I can see that. He's a guy I have less of a idea of because of the injuries. Right. So I don't know. So what kind of, yeah, what kind of player is he? Just, like, give me a quick rundown on DeAndre Bembry.
1: DeAndre is just different. He's, I mean, you know, you can't, like, pinpoint, oh, he's a shooter, or oh, he's this, he's that. I see him as the guy who's like, oh, if our shots aren't falling, he's going to go inside, like, regardless of who's in there. He's going to, you know, he's going to go up against any of those players. He's not afraid to do that. So he's kind of that guy who's like, he's he's not, he's unafraid to do what it takes to, you know, get the team going. He's just out there being, you know, being hit, banging with the the best of them really. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, some guys might get a little downtrodden or whatever, if they're going up against these guys and they may resort to jump shots. That's not DeAndre. That's not what DeAndre does. And barring injury, you know, he, he can show that to people.
0: Okay. So we've talked a lot about guys in the wing. Another guy we haven't really talked about, but uh, obviously the front office has a lot of confidence in, is yeah. Kevin Herter. Um, he was hurt to uh, end the college year, and so he didn't play any summer league. Well, is he ready for training camp? Like, uh, Will he be ready to start the year?
1: He should be ready for training camp. From what I've heard, I think he's ready for training camp. I know he wasn't ready for summer league, but from what I uh, what I believe, I'm not sure... Because I haven't gotten a, an update recently, but I believe he should be ready for training camp, at least for preseason.
0: Okay, so what what kind of role do you envision for him this year?
1: I don't see as I'm not going to say as big a role because everybody's going to have a role, um, but I do see him kind of being a backup this year. I kind of see him being, you know, then putting him out there just just to kind of get some reps in. I don't I don't really I don't see as much expectation from him of course you know of course um lp coach pierce is going to expect a lot but i don't see it being you know that high expectation from him just because he's coming off injury he's trying to get accustomed to everything so i don't see him having that much of an impact as far as roles are concerned
0: okay not a lot of production expectation okay so where do you come down on the over under Atlanta's over under is twenty four wins. Uh, how many games did they win last year? They won they they won exactly twenty four <laughs> games last year. Oh <laughs> Where do you gosh. come down on that? Um.
1: Oh gosh. Oh, I am like ever the optimist, <laughs> but i I can be I can be a realist as well. But it's just. Oh, I want to say in that. Oh, do I want to give them thirty? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a tough question, and I'm so terrible at predictions too. So,
0: <laughs> give me, give me your best guess.
1: Um. <laughs> 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 oh, this is, this is probably like the toughest question I've been asked. <laughs> um okay let me realistically think about this do i want to give them i want to give them i want to say i want to say 27 wins i want to say 27
0: okay i mean no i I like it they have like they have actual players on the roster
1: yeah and that team last year like if you look at the number of wins it's like Dang, they weren't playing that well. But they actually were playing well. Like they were competing. It's just they didn't have they didn't have the power to, you know, overcome a lot of that. So it's like I know this team, looking at this team, I know they're gonna, of course, want to win. And it's like they do have these guys who can play. It's just depending on what you know. I mean, we're we're dealing with all types of different new stuff. Like I don't know what kind of lineups we're gonna have and LP Coach Pierce, I don't know what he's gonna be. Throwing out there, so it's it's really just it's like rolling some dice. It really is, but yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. I'll see. Okay. <laughs> Last year, you only hear my prediction. Last year, it was it was extremely extremely uh r- ridiculous. So <laughs> I'm gonna be more <laughs> realistic this year. So
0: <laughs> All right. So you're you're from Atlanta, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I wasn't born here, but I grew up here, so I'm basically from here.
0: Okay. It's like, yeah, you, I saw you graduate. You graduated from yeah. Spellman. Like, you are at the games yeah, and everything. You are at like Dream pretty, Games and stuff. Pretty so like,
1: Atlanta down,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I want to lean on like your sense of Atlanta because I've only only ever been there once, and was like was not during basketball season. So, there is always <laughs> this huge concern that Atlanta that if Atlanta were to tank, no one will show up to the games, and then even when they were good, no one ever <laughs> show up to the games ever again because. <laughs> atlanta can't sustain like a basketball fan hmm. like is it is that true like do you, when you when you're talking to people like around town uh <laughs> like you're talking to them about trey young and stuff uh, are the hawks just like completely off people's radar or like are they excited not even are they excited are they aware Ooh, of, of the hawks
1: that is actually that is a good correction <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um
0: i figured I was like, yeah yeah that's a I, very
1: good correction um Honestly, people are, really, people are aware of Trey Young. I will say, like, Trey Young, as far as marketing and branding, was a major pickup. Because I, the amount of people, I mean, I just came from a work-related event. And, you know, someone there was like, I don't really care about the Hawks, but I'm seeing what Trey Young's doing. You know, like, it's just, Trey Young has kind of put them on the map. But, I mean, when I talk to people, and I hate, to say this but when I talk to people it's a superstar driven town it really is like like casual basketball fans they don't really talk about the Hawks because they're you know they're just interested in oh who's going to be playing that's what they really want to know I mean I know people who aren't from here and they're that's all they're interested in they're like you know a friend of mine she loves she loves sports she loves watching basketball and stuff but she's like I don't even know who's on the Hawks now she's like Who like who's on there that I would recognize? Like, that's what people care about is they want recognize at least here in Atlanta, because there's so many people from all over. It's like, who will they recognize? That's I mean, that's the biggest concern of of most basketball fans. So I think that's what also plays into them getting this upgrade to the arena is like something else to draw people in.
0: Oh wait, yeah. Tell me about the the upgrades to the arena. That was something I was like aware of, but hadn't listed down. What's up with the uh, with the arena? There's like there's like really cheap concessions, right? Like they're they're copying the Falcons thing.
1: Yes, yes. It's um like I don't know if you've heard of Mercedes Benz, their concessions for the Falcons and you know the events they hold there, but theirs are like some of the lowest, if not the lowest, in the NFL, and so. The Hawks are trying to match them because, you know, like it's right next door. So they're not trying to have any type of competition as far as how much people are paying for concessions so that people are excited about that. Um, They're going to have Top Golf simulations in the suites. They're going to have restaurants instead of just concessions like basic concessions. They're going to have actual restaurants in there. They're going to have a barbershop, which is different. But, you know, it's something different that people can talk about and people can do. They're going to have, you know, top chefs um, cooking the cuisine. They already have the court sidebar that they instated or that they put in last year, last season. And that was, you know, popping throughout every game. So it's like different draws uh, for people to come into the arena, for people to want to say, hey, I want to go to Phillips Arena. I'm not Phillips. Sorry, State Farm Arena. I got to get used to that. Um, People that want to say, you know, I want to go to State Farm Arena so I can see what it's about that's going to be a large draw as well. Like that and Trey Young are two of the main draws. Of course, John Collins, but people know Trey Young just because they know Trey Young. Right. So two things are really, it's it's what has kept the Hawks on people's radar.
0: Huh. That's really interesting. So the Pistons moved into their new arena last year and it has similar amenities. I'm not going to (laughs) pretend like they have a barbershop or anything like that, (laughs) but no, they have they have like this buffet thing and around like at the top of the lower level, they have mm-hmm. like restaurants and shops directly outside. They have like this huge uh, concourse walkway thing with like histories of both the Red Wings and the Pistons because it's a shared building or whatever. Okay. And so like all this stuff was really cool. Uh, I went to the first game that they ever played there. We had a great time, but like over the course of the season, uh, they started to blame some of the attendance issues on like people just like standing in the concourse and like not actually like, Uh-oh being in the arena and so <laughs> yeah. and so i wonder yeah the the amenity stuff it can be a double-edged sword yeah sometimes. it's true
1: and i mean the hawks have already had that kind of i mean you see it the hawks have that kind of history with people being like where are the fans it's the third quarter where are the fans or it's the second quarter where are the fans? first of all atlanta people the traffic here is terrible and people are notoriously late anyway so I mean, that's that you know' that's a point in case. But for something like this, for people to have other distractions rather than watching a game, yeah, people aren't gonna be in their seats. They weren't in their seats for the Falcons game, and the Falcons, you know, were playing pretty well, but they had that new stadium, and people weren't even in their seats for that. So I definitely see that happening here. Like I, I definitely I see it happening, but I don't see it necessarily being that negative. I just feel like as far as the Hawks are concerned, they just want to get people, there they they know they're rebuilding they know they're you know working on the team so it's like let's get people there and hopefully we can you know excuse me we can have this kind of trickle effect where people are drawn to the game but I feel like they just want to get people to the arena
0: no I I can I can see that I mean like that's that's money either way for them right
1: exactly yeah it's like hey they're not in their seats that's okay they're still in the arena like it it, it's still the same so
0: so the the State Farm and the New Falcons place are like downtown, downtown, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So yeah.
0: that's like the heart <laughs> of like all the traffic problems. So yeah,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I live north of Atlanta and it can take me an hour to get there. And that's good for it to take me an hour. So people, a lot of times, people don't want to deal with that. I mean, people don't want to have to deal with that. So it, you have to have something that's going to tell people, hey, you want to come to this, you know, something that's going to make them interested in just having a rebuilding team is tough like people are i mean people were barely seeing the hawks when they were winning and they were making the playoffs all those consecutive years people were barely going during the season playoffs fine attendance great but during the season people were barely going to those games so with a rebuilding team like that's even tougher to kind of sell it to you know fans or casual fans
0: okay no I'm, that makes a lot of sense i can see that i mean Teams all over the NBA have similar issues. Right. I feel like Atlanta's Atlanta's uh, those issues just get um, a lot more light. Yeah, shine, shine on them
1: because it is a major city. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Very true. So, in your mind, what's the uh, what's the biggest on-court problem with the Hawks right now? Like, I know I know they're young, but like, what when you like look up and down the roster, like, what are what are they missing? I guess.
1: Um. I don't know. This might be a personal thing. Well, of course, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I would like to see someone who is going to take charge and be the closer. That's what I want to see. I don't know who that's going to be. Looking at this, Ross, I'm not quite sure if I could even pinpoint who that would be now,
0: but... Cause last year it was Dennis all the time. Right. And he's gone.
1: Yeah. And even then Dennis struggled a lot of times with it. It was like, it was a lot, it was new to him and it was a lot of pressure and he struggled at times with being that, that go-to guy. So I feel like I don't know who that go-to guy is going to be. And it's like, now I'm actually thinking about it. I'm really trying to, I mean, is it Torian? Would it be Torian? I don't, It might have to be touring. I don't know. Like, I don't know who I could pinpoint as the guy who they're going to look at as, hey, we need somebody to go, you know, we need somebody to put the ball in their hands and that's, that's it. So I'm, that's what I'm looking at. And also I kind of want to keep an eye on perimeter shooting because I know they're going to be trying to do some of that. So I want to kind of keep an eye on that as well and see what that is looking like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I eventually you hope that's Trey, yeah. right? But yeah. I, I see not wanting to dump that on him in your way.
1: right, right, and that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm like, yeah, I see it being Trey, but right now, no. Right. <laughs> eventually, yes, but right now, I can't. I can't put a finger on who that would be right now.
0: Okay, so you you got them at 27 wins, so you're already pretty, I think, high on this team compared to other people. What's what's the best case scenario for the Hawks in your mind?
1: best case as far as
0: what best case anything that that could be uh, everybody develops that could be y'all oh. win 40 games that could be what would it's up to you like what is what is the best mm-hmm. case scenario for the hawks this year
1: <laughs> winning i know, it, I, know <laughs> I know i know i know it's that kind of answer but it's like i ju- i just i'm thinking back to last season i'm thinking how the locker room was and how like i just As far as the team and the players go, winning. Um, As far as the organization goes, I feel like for the organization, it would be development. You know, I feel like those young guys, of course, not really the vets. They're not really looking at the vets. But the young guys, I feel like them improving on maybe a couple of aspects of their game. I feel like that is beneficial for um, the organization as far as the players and the team. Winning, Maybe not winning, you know, of course, not winning every game, not winning majority of games, but just winning, I feel like would give them that sort of confidence as players. Because, just, I mean, last year, like they played their hearts out and they were still losing. So it's like that, you know, coupled with people coming at them for certain things and saying, you know, certain things to them. That doesn't good. That doesn't bode well for you know a psyche. So I feel like as far as the team goes, winning, but as far as the organization goes, development, definitely developing the younger players, like the the draft picks and all that.
0: No, that makes sense. So that makes the worst case scenario, uh, like the young right. kids not developing, like and they're losing at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> no development and losing every single game. Yeah, <laughs> that would be.
0: That would be the worst. Well, but like, but like, even then, you get the you get the first pick, or you get a top four pick, or whatever.
1: Exactly. So for the organization, it might not be that bad. <laughs> but but as far as the team and the psyche of the younger players, it might be a little bit tough. But I mean, who knows? Because you know. Players take take losing differently, so they might work harder in their off season. So I mean, it could have it could actually turn out to be good. But as far as the season goes, no, it wouldn't. It
0: wouldn't be. Very yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's the what do people like miss? What's the under the radar thing that NBA fans that aren't watching the Hawks that much miss when they don't watch the Hawks every night? Hmm,
1: that's a good question too. Hmm. I would say guys who want to compete. Um, And just to explain, you know, you see teams who are rebuilding, you see teams who are like tanking and you see a lot of times it looks like the players have a body language where like, they don't care or they, you know, like, Oh, we're going to lose whatever. Or, Oh, I'm just doing well just for myself. Um, But at least basing this on last season, um they want to compete like they don't want to be out there and not not try to win like they're not they're not accepting that kind of losing culture so at least you get the competition like you get the excitement of seeing guys want to win maybe not necessarily winning but they want to win so like to see that kind of competition and see you can see it play out on the court I mean to see that play out is just, that's enticing. That's exciting to see how competitive they are against, you know, some of the the biggest names and the biggest teams, even more so. So I think that's what a lot of people miss out when they don't watch them. They think because they see either their record or they don't recognize who's on the team. They're like, Oh, this isn't going to be interesting, but it is because they're actually competing and they're not playing poorly. It's just that some teams and some, you know, players are just, better than them they're just they're you know paired better than them it's just coupled better than them so i think that is the the biggest part of watching them play is like hey these guys are actually trying to win like it's like you know it's like nice it's like oh they're actually trying to win like they don't want to lose but you know stuff happens
0: so was that like was that like installed in them from from coach bud was that like something that like early in the year like they decided like hey like we're gonna we're just gonna go and compete every day like the players themselves like wh- where do you think that comes from
1: i think i think it was a combination i feel like a lot of it had to do with the word of mouth of you know all the fans and everybody talking about it i mean everybody was saying like hey they're gonna tank and hey you guys are tanking and you guys aren't supposed to be winning like people would get mad because they were winning not because you know they're winning but because it's messing up the draft pick. so it's like I think that coupled with Bud not really accepting that whole tanking culture, that kind of put into the players. And, you know, they're, like, at least from what I've heard from the players, they, they're they competitive by nature. So it's like they, they are like, we can't just sit back and accept this. Like, we got to win. Like, we want to win. And I feel like that is just what, like, pushed them to win. Or not win, but pushed them to want to win and want to play better
0: so when uh so who's who's the best interview on the hawks because you're actually like in there every every or not every night but like most yeah. nights you're actually like in the locker room talking to the players like who who's the best like five minutes like player interview with huh. the, hawks? the
1: current hawks um... <laughs> that's tough now it's like only four or five guys i know <laughs> well,
0: who was it who was it last year who was it last, last year, year?
1: Hmm. Okay, wait. Let me go through the roster last year because I'm <laughs> I
0: feel like it's changed. It's so Yeah, guys. it's like
1: change every season. So I'm like, oh, who was there last year? Um, I don't wanna say I don't know about the best. I will say this. I will say that Dennis Schroeder got better. I won't say he's the he was the best, but I'll say he got better just because he used to 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 I'm not gonna see be terrible, but he used to not be the, the greatest and the person that you wanted to interview. But the ones that I find are like the best interviews are those who are like the most honest. And last season, Dennis was he was honest, like he was not holding back. So I feel like as term in terms of that, he was really great. Like he improved tremendously last year. Um Malcolm Delaney was really like honest like he was he didn't really care about like really anything like he he would say whatever he was feeling so he was good um I'm trying to think I don't know because I'm like thinking of years before that like I used to really really enjoy interviews with Tabo Cephalosha but that wasn't last year but it's like Certain players bring certain things to interviews. And so it just depends on like who you're talking to. But like, if you wanted to talk about basketball, like it depends on, you know, if if that's the topic, if it was strictly basketball, it's one player. If it were like social issues, it's another player. If it were, you know, off the court events or something, it's another player. If you're on the court, trash talk. It's another, you know, like, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, It's different players. Like you would talk to, you'd be like, oh, you get something. Something that you wouldn't hear from another player. Very honest opinion. So (laughs) I can't pinpoint just one, but I would say that Dennis improved to the point where I, I, like I, when I'm thinking back to interviews from last year, I'm thinking of him because I'm just like, Oh wow. I can't believe he actually said that. And (laughs) it's like, Oh, that's very honest. Like he's being honest. Okay.
0: All right. All right. So this is the Detroit bad boys podcast. I Uh do have to ask you about the Pistons. Or Uh-oh. else, no, no one will listen to the, to this podcast. So, what are, what have uh, what have you thought about the last six months in Detroit? So that's the Blake Griffin trade, that's hiring Dwayne Casey and firing Stan Van Gundy. What, what have your what have your thoughts been about what the Pistons have done over the last six months?
1: Really, though, um, I like Casey though. I do like Casey. I'm not. I mean, I was big on Casey before. Granted, playoff Casey a little questionable, but I was big on on him just as a coach overall. And I think that's great. Like, I, I think that's a great addition. Um, As far as the moves the team has made, it's, (laughs) it's still, I'm, 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 I'm waiting. Um, But as far as the coach and the coaching and the leadership, I see, I I'm behind that 100%. Like I like it. I do. Yeah.
0: All right. No, I I buy that. We uh we just put up today. So before training camp, he had to sit down with the guys at the, at the Pistons site. And so he has like this big long uh series of interviews about like everything they they're going to go over this year. And so I was digging through that and he just seems like a really well-centered uh individual with uh who like has a very clear idea of like what he wants the pistons to accomplish this year
1: oh that's cool that's seems cool
0: like I'm more, really... sorry go ahead oh no no that's all you so he seems like a more positive guy than Stan yeah. Van Gundy. i think i can say that pretty fairly
1: yeah i can see
0: that <laughs> 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 yeah. and so i think that the players are are looking forward to that as well I mean I don't agree with everything you said because yeah. he's gonna try I was gonna, yeah, go I ahead. Was
1: gonna ask you that <laughs> I was gonna ask you as far as your outlook on I mean what are your expectations for the season do you have any
0: so I think when you said like you were worried about playoff Casey like I think that's mm-hmm. like the furthest thing from Pistons fans minds like they just want to make the playoffs
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and so, like having a coach who is a, is a great regular season coach and will help them do that, I think is exactly what a lot of them are, are yeah. looking for. Okay, right?
1: yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's really good then. Yeah.
0: and like, like
1: I, I like those types of expectations.
0: <laughs> and like people, people want great things out of Blake but like they're a little bit like afraid to dream because of all the injuries and stuff but when he played last year he was really good and he's
1: yeah he's easily
0: like the most talented piston they've had in like a long time Yeah, and so
1: I used to be a huge Blake fan huge like huge Blake fan like I had a jersey that I would wear like that big of a fan but I mean stuff happens yeah (laughs)
0: it's it's been a (laughs) while
1: yeah exactly like the the injury bug does it it does oh my gosh it it does scare a lot of people and it it does put you on edge to be like i want to be excited but i don't know and you don't yeah
0: yeah the saving grace there is like at least last year like no one expected him to be like the 2013 version of himself right he's, he's 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 definitely like less athletic but like he's improved as a passer and a shooter and so right. like he can be just as effective and he can still like absorb all this usage which is like again just something the pistons like have not had
1: yeah and in that's, a long time. that's something you definitely want to see from a player like you want to see if a player can't come back and be the person or the player they were before, you wanna see that they can improve somewhere else. And that, I mean, for him to have improved on those other aspects of his game is just I mean, that tells the what kind of what kind of guy he's gonna be. Like hopefully, you know, like you, you just gotta look and wait and see, of course. But yeah. <laughs> I'm big on Casey, so
0: <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Jamila, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate uh, you stopping by and and sharing your thoughts with us. What's the best place for people to follow you and and the work you do for the Hawks?
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, The best place would be, it's either Twitter, which I'm on like way too much and I've actually taken a break from, but NBA season's back, so I'll be on there. And it's JamilaJNBA, so it rhymes. But it's J-A-M-E-E-L-A-H-J-N-B-A, like the league. Um, And that's the same on Instagram as well. But that's where I am.
0: All right. Awesome. And uh, I will say that uh, Jamila does, you should follow her because she does excellent photography. (laughs) Thank you. Like in-game stuff. (laughs) Thank you. That's great. And that's like a side of the league that you don't always see um, from other Twitter follows. Like that's something different that like I definitely like notice when, you know, I'm scrolling through right. Jillian tweets of yeah. during the regular season
1: thank you it makes me feel good it's it's very amateur but i've, I've been working on it for a couple seasons now so i'm feeling a little confident yeah, it doesn't
0: <laughs> it don't look amateur i appreciate
1: them. that i really do <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this new state farm arena looks and see how i can get some shots from there so <laughs>
0: all right and of course uh obviously you can follow me on twitter at Laz chance that's at l-a-z-c-h-a-n-c-e uh this has been the detroit bad boys podcast and we will see you guys later this week